Ryder Nation and William Powell bringing the energy, bringing the fight, bringing the fire every game day, every practice. Let's go, Ryder Nation. Here we go. This is the Piffles Podcast, your premier Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. That was the Johnny McKegg band with the song, Here We Go. I'm Alex. I'm Greg, and we're in an empty spot again. He got the Winnipeg. Uh, the Winnipeg? I just thought he just... He joined the Strevolution. Yes. He, he is now a card-carrying member of the Strevolution. He's the leader of the Strevolution. Ha <laughs> ha. He's going to hate us so much when he listens <laughs> no, to us. No, well, he never listens to us anyway. <laughs> That's true. Steve, you suck. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. You can give us a follow on Twitter, at PifflesPod. You can follow me, at RealAlexD. Follow me at Greg on Sports. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash PifflesPodcast. Check out our Instagram, search PifflesPod, and the website, PifflesPodcast.com. We're brought to you by Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. They're now on Skip the Dishes, and uh, you'll agree with me. I don't have to argue with anybody. Pumpkin pie, blizzards. Mm. I, I almost so thought about picking up one on my way here, but I was running behind. So good. You, I mean, if you do that, you can. Just yeah. get two of them to make it up. Well, that that also would have been a problem. I'd have to <laughs> either bring two or share. <laughs> share. So. We're also a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network. And, of course, we're a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. We got a lot to get to this week on the show. Let's jump right into it. Time for the opening kickoff. So the banjo ball, that sucked. The what? What? Yeah, what? I was watching tennis. I I, I was drinking a bunch of tall cans because that was the only way I was making it through that game. You were drinking quite a bit that day, actually, as a matter of fact. <laughs> uh, banjo Bowl, was it 35-10? I don't even remember the score of the game. 35-10, was that it? Uh, it was too much to not enough. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, the trip itself was fun. Uh, everybody knows that we went to the Banjo Bowl, had a blast. We'll talk about uh, the game in just a second. Just want to give a little shout-out to the Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans that hosted us at their uh, tailgates, and of course the parties and everything they had going on around the stadium and uh our, our bus had a from the sounds of it had a great time so it all worked out pretty good there except for the game itself that didn't work out i well, got my free shawarma though I, I think next year though we definitely need to do a second bus just so we can take the team so they know they show up that would be a good idea let's let's mark that down was this just a one-off game by the riders a 35 10 or like do you just chalk this up as okay it's winnipeg's a tough place to play anyway the Riders, I mean, they're, what, 7-9 and nine in the Banjo Bowl now? I've been, you know they're going to lose, and when they do, they seem to get their ass kicked all the time. But it's... it's If you look at back at two of their losses this season, the really bad ones, the Calgary game and the and the Banjo Bowl, and it looks like the team was like getting together, it looked like they knew what they were doing, it looks like they were picking up some uh, momentum, and then it they just didn't show up, like... Both those games, just the lack of tackling is the thing that sticks out in my head. Just terrible tackling. They seem to have a stinker like this on the road every year, so I'm just going to chalk it up to that. And of course, I mean, with a team that wins six straight, they're bound to, to have a let up somewhere. This was it. If if it happens again against Montreal this upcoming week, and then you go into a bye week losing two straight, then I'd be a little bit worried. But right now, nah. I don't care about losing. It was just how spectacular the loss was. Like, 
no one showed up for that game. It was terrible. I'm sure, like, John Ryan did. Did he? Eh, okay, so our punter. Nah, his, his kicks were short this yeah. week. We complained about his kicks being too long and they were too short this week. But, um, yeah, it was just an overall team sucked. That yep. was basically the gist of it. Any takeaways from this game? You mentioned the tackling, obviously. Is this just the way that football is now? You're going for the big giant hit and you're just trying to knock a guy out? Do they need to get back to fundamentals of actually using your arms to tackle? That's part of it. And I know a lot of former players and media have been complaining about the lack of padded practices. Both teams have that problem. I know. I, oh, I agree. But that's, and that's why, that's, and they've been saying that for the, in the NFL for the last couple of years too. That's why tackling has been so poor. But yeah, no, I think it is. A lot of guys are going for that poster hit, for lack of a better term. The one that's going to get memed out. The one, is it a charger? A... Bola combo. Yeah, that type of thing. Oh, that thing. That was a beautiful one. I, 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 <laughs> I was trying to line that up with uh, Paul Heyman, gore, gore, gore. Um, audio this past week, and then I gave up because I just didn't have enough time to do it. <laughs> I don't know. It just uh, it was good to see uh, Craig Dixon this week come out saying basically it's not coaches getting on the players this week. The players were getting on each other this week, kind of motivating each other. So I think they realized they let the foot off the gas, and it showed vastly. They got complacent, started reading the headlines, and the thirty-five percent chance of winning the Great Cup, which is now down to what. 3.8%, 2.8%? Yeah, they're not, they're not even favorite. They're like third now to win the division now. And going. fifth to win the Great Cup all yeah. of a sudden after one loss. So that just goes to show how silly those numbers are. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't take much out of this game, and we're not going to dwell on it too much. I think it's just it was a stinker. Now, take, now, now, move on. now if they get destroyed by Montreal this week. Oh, then, then we'll we're up the rant section next week yeah. because that's uh, – it's not a trap game like last year's Montreal game, but this is a very, very winnable game. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in the Tallgrass Apparel Enemy Preview. Um, before we, we move on to a couple different things, I um, want to take some questions that we have here in the opening kickoff. And uh, very first, what scenarios are there to get Jordan Williams-Lambert in the lineup? So the news came out, he actually did officially signed, not like last week where he transaction page so that he was signed or moved to the active roster. If, if they could hear an eye roll, mine would have been very audible on that one. Yeah, so it was house cleaning is what they called it, paperwork, whatever, last week. And now he's officially signed back on the team with a one-year extension added on to... That was nice. ...as well, so through 2020. And that's great to have Jordan Williams-Lambert back. How do you get him in the lineup? He's not going to play this week. We know that. But looking forward after this bye to the game against Toronto... We talked about it last week. The obvious the obvious uh, sit outs are either Manny or Kyron Moore. I was when I was on the Ryder Rumblings this week. They were really pushing for Manny to be the odd man out because they he's not the Manny of old, but Kyron Moore is not the Kyron Moore of last year. So I don't know what you want. I just don't see Manny getting sit. I, I don't see you sitting him on the bench. I just. For whatever reason, maybe it's the, how G. Roy was in 2013. He wasn't putting up the numbers either. But he's going to be an important receiver for this team, and I think that's where Manny Arsenal is too. It's going to be Kyron Moore that I think ends up sitting. And I have no problem with that, to be honest. Like I like Kyron Moore as a young receiver, but I'd rather have JWL in and Manny Arsenal. Absolutely. Well, there's the opening kickoff presented by Kathy Festion of Royal Page Regina Realty. Check out her Facebook page, Kathy Festion Royal Page. Let's do some other questions here, and there's some really good topics. Jason says, what do the riders need to do to get back on track? Quit reading the headlines. 
I honestly th- think they got complacent. They got in their own heads, and they just need to worry about what's in front of them and not what a computer readout says. They're going to be great cup champions. And to get uh, Zach Evans back in the middle because That'd be not nice getting too. a big push in the middle and their running game is or on defense is non-existent. And just get healthy in general, like Blue, Blake... Lavoie has has a mystery ailment for Who knows what's going on with him? Brendan Labat was out practicing this week as well, too. Thank God. Like, and I'm not saying our, our um, offensive line play has been bad this year, but three games they've let five five sacks, and those are against the high-end teams of Calgary and Winnipeg twice. So they need to figure out to keep Fajardo upright and give him some time. And Winnipeg figured it out that Fajardo was just going to do his little spin to the outside and bootleg and... They they telegraphed it many every time, times. Every time. And they know it's coming, so there, there's plenty of film on it. Right. Cody needs to stop that, but anyway. So Travis asks, and, and just speaking of Cody Fajardo, is Fajardo really a franchise quarterback? Everyone but me seems convinced. How badly did the Claros mistake hurt our salary cap? Is Fajardo really a franchise quarterback? When I was on uh, the Ride Rumblings with uh, McCormick and Van Stone, they seem kind of split on it too. Um, I think he is. I think he's young enough, and he's shown that he's got the locker room behind him. He's shown he can throw the ball, and he's shown he can run the ball. I think he's he's someone you can build around. Is he Bo Levi Mitchell? Is he Mike Riley? I don't know. But no one knew the, what those guys were going to be until they were given a shot. Um, with Fajardo being on a one-year deal, I say you offer him a three, maybe a three, maybe a four, the four hundred mark maybe with bonuses, and make him earn his money. I don't see him as a franchise quarterback. Really? And I'm all aboard the Fajardo train. He needs to be the guy right now. He he's probably this team's franchise quarterback, which just kind of goes to show how poor quarterbacks are right now. And just there's not a lot of very strong quarterbacks available in all of pro football. The NFL has this problem too, so it's not just a CFL kind of thing. But long-term, looking at a 10-year type guy, I don't see it. But really, how many 10-year guys are out there? Riley, Bo? That's a good point. Like, it's, we're, we're not having Damon Allen anymore. Like, Durant, how long he lasted, it's, not, it's just not happening anymore. Besides, like, the top-name guys. But One final question here before, and this is going to kind of lead into... Uh, our tall grass apparel enemy preview and what's going on this week for the riders, but celebrating the 89 team this week, the riders are doing that at the game. We all know how it ends. The kick robo kicker does David ask, does Dave Ridgeway get enough credit for 89 or does he get too much credit for 89? I don't like the way that question ended. Cause I, I want to call it out for being dumb. <laughs> I'm sorry. A game winning kick. When, if he would have missed that, he would be the Bill Buckner of the... Of, At least it was tied, though, so, I mean... That is true. They would have they had a pretty sweet but it, back and forth yeah. for, for an ending. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, that would have been amazing, too. But if he would have missed it, and somehow Hamilton would have got it out of the end zone, and we go into overtime and Hamilton wins, yeah. he, he, is, he is demonized for eternity yeah. in Ryder lore. Um, he gets just enough credit, I guess, like... It was a hell of a kick, and you could trust him with it. You're a Patriots fan. Adam Benateri mm-hmm. kicking all those game-winning field goals mm-hmm. to start off the dynasty. Mm-hmm. Same kind of thing. Exactly. 
he's hired to that's your job is to make that kick yeah and he did he did so should he be i mean he absolutely should be celebrated for it and, and it's it's a tough kick it's not a with all that pressure on you and, and the crowd around making so much noise even if it's a pro rider crowd like it was in toronto that's still a tough kick you got the nerves going I don't think you can give too much credit at all. At all. No, and even if you would have won it, if you, even if you would have won it on a rouge, he'd like, still be a hero. He'd still be a hero. It'd be like hey, he missed a kick, but most Canadian thing ever. Hey, we went on a rouge, eh? Right. But he made the kick, and he deserves all the accolades that come with it. So, I, the too much I don't get enough credit. I think he gets just enough. That was that that team played for each other, and that's what you like to say. Where does that moment rank? The kick. In all-time rider history. All-time rider history? Yeah. Where is that? Top five, top two. Oh, easily top five. Is it number one? I'm not talking individual play. I'm talking I know, moment. No, a moment. And see, this is tough. Winning at home in 2013? As a, a younger rider fan, I'm sure Rob Vanstone will gladly text me and tell me I, I'm wrong on anything I pick because he knows the oh, entire... He'll, he'll take something from 1961. Yeah, Hugh, Hugh Campbell did something, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Hi Rob, I know you listen. Um, but for 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 my fandom, the '89 kick and the win at home are definitely one and two. And depending on how I'm feeling, they probably flip flop. But because I went, I was there for 2013, so that that's probably my most emotional moment as a rider fan, minus the missed kick of 2009. What? Uh, yeah, or too many men of what? Yeah. Two thousand nine. Yeah, I know. It doesn't. I don't know. Ten years ago, something happened at one point. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But eighty nine is number one. It has to be. I think so. For, mo- for most, I, I can see that. It was the best CFL game that you'll ever see. It's the best Grey Cup game ever played. Also true. It came down to well, there was one more kick after that. They had to kick the ball off. Yeah. But that was a team that didn't make the playoffs for eleven straight years mm-hmm. in an eighteen league. And, and went into Edmonton and punched uh, the 16-2 Eskimos right in the yeah, face. They, they made the playoffs in 88, lost the first game, but then going to Calgary wasn't an easy place to play. Won that with everybody hurt, too. Yeah. Ridgeway, or Elgar didn't even play the, the yeah. semifinal game. There's a bunch of other guys hurt in that one. Go into the 16-2 Eskimos with Tracy Ham, and they were just going to walk all over us. And we all remember the... Uh, the uh, um, leading the lamb out to slaughter a cartoon that was put in the Edmonton Sun or... Whatever paper it was in. Bulletin board material, ladies and, and gentlemen. They put it up on the bulletin board, and sure enough, they went into Edmonton and kicked the crap out of the, the Eskimos. That's That's got to be number one. That is the the moment in Rotter history. Oh, I, probably, yeah. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about the, uh, the 89 team and the upcoming game in just a little bit. Before we do, though, we... Uh, let's get to this week's Underdogs memorabilia, Piffles player profile. Greg, you had a chance to hit a practice... And uh, you talked to uh, Riders defensive back L.J. McRae. And he didn't have a sore hand, which was nice, because I asked him. After punching a guy in the helmet twice. Oh, yeah. I was like, did I miss something there? All right, well, let's uh, let's hear that interview. So, L.J., uh, first season in the CFL. How's it going for you, you think, so far? I think it's going pretty good. I'm with a good group of guys, good team. So it's, it's been pretty fun. Great experience so far. Ever been to Canada before? Oh, yes. I've been in Canada a few times before playing here, yes. So, so ready for the winter coming up here? It's coming up fast. The leaves are ready to fall. I wouldn't say ready, <laughs> but uh, 
I kind of had some experience with the cold. I was in uh, when I was in Buffalo uh, for a while. It was cold. I know it's totally different, but that was my first time experience that much slow, that much snow. So I think uh, ready is a little bit uh, <laughs> overboard, but I, I'll be ready when it gets there. <laughs> so of course here in Canada we don't have the massive amount of college teams. Uh, you went to a smaller college, uh, Catawba, is it? Catawba College. Uh, T tell our listeners what it's like being playing at a school that small, so to speak. Uh, it's just more of a grind. You know, you got to put in a little bit more because people are not noticing as much. You know, see, when you have bigger schools, you don't have to do too much for people to notice. At my school, you had to do above and beyond. You know, but it but it worked out. It it, it taught me, you know, to continue to work hard and never to never be comfortable. So and complacent. So. So, uh, first thing last week, your wallet got a little lighter. How's the hands after hitting a helmet twice? Oh, my hand is fine. My hand is fine. I hit it with an open hand, so I didn't bruise anything. <laughs> yeah, let's finish up with some rapid fire. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Cookies or cake? Cookies. First celeb crush? Beyonce. Most embarrassing song on your playlist right now? Uh, hmm. Probably Trolls theme song. <laughs> Which one? The Justin Timberlake one? Justin Timberlake. My niece loves that song. I can't help but play it. Great. Now I'm going to have that song in my head. My daughter plays it all the time, too. <laughs> if you could go back in time and have a meal with anyone in history, who would it be? My sister. My sister that passed away. Mm, yes. Can I ask what happened? Uh, she, she was born with a hole in her heart. Um, but she lasted. She lived 17 long years. And... Our uh, body was just too weak for a transplant, so uh, we lost at 17. I was 10, so, yeah. Well, the thing we end the, everyone with, uh, most important question we ask, cats or dogs? Dogs, 100%. <laughs> not a cat person? No, I'm not a cat person at all, um, but I'm a dog lover. Uh, I have a 170-pound uh, cane corso, so, oh, <laughs> yeah. What a find, LJ McRae here for the Riders this year, coming from a small college, like you mentioned, and, uh, you know, Ended up in the NFL, but was out of football for a little bit. And that's what I like about those uh, guys that come from those, like, Tier 2, Tier 3 schools. Like, they bust their butts to play professional football. Like, you go to an SEC school, and it's you're assumed that you've got an NFL shot. Meanwhile, you got these guys that are playing Div 3, and they're busting their butts to try to work their way into it. Look at Jerry Rice, arguably the greatest football player of all time. Went to a small college. You, and if you get to to the NFL or to the CFL, you got to work harder than all these other guys that kind of, you know, they're the, the big fish in the small pond. And you got to work harder than them. And work ethic means so much more. You can have all the skill in the world, but if you're not willing to, to put it to work, Deron Carter, who I love. I, 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 I love Deron Carter, but you're right. No, but you, you're you're right. Deron Carter. Give me the guy that's going to give me 110%. Give me a Weston Dressler over Deron Carter any day. Oh, definitely. For that reason. Uh, Adam Thielen is a prime example for the Minnesota Vikings. That guy worked his butt off, and he's undrafted, a undrafted, and a star in the league. I feel like doing like a Don Cherry moment, kids. But <laughs> it shows if you put it, if you put in the work, if you put in the effort. It doesn't matter if you go first overall or undrafted. If you go to a big school or a small school, community college, work your way up. If you put in the effort, and you can make it. If you if you really put it put it up there. You mentioned uh, NFL and, and Adam Thielen, but I just, this came up at work the other day, and I want to bring it up, and I think we should all do this, but we got to get Steve involved in this. The Tom Brady diet. I, I love Tom, you know, you know I love Tom Brady.
they're going to lose against Miami this in Miami this week. Tom Brady, hey, in the last six years, New England is one in five in Miami. Okay, one second. I, I'm not taking football advice for a guy whose team lost the Oakland Raiders. Okay, I had to deal with enough of that at work. Okay, I don't have to deal with it here. They're not losing it. They're not losing in Miami this year. They're one in five in the last six games in Miami. They haven't even lost five games in Foxborough in the last six years. They're losing in Miami. They're going to South Beach the night before, like they always do on Saturday night. They're gonna to have too much of a good time. They'll be fine. And they're Sam McGuavin's gonna pick them off. Sam McGuavin's gonna get a pick six in this game for Miami. Take that. I'll take that bet. TV twelve. I will take that bet. All right. All right. We're on. All right. Don't know what we're betting, but I don't know. Uh, we'll beer pick. next okay. week. Okay. We'll show. Okay. okay. I know we're going out only on betting a beer, but the Tom Brady diet it encourages you to eat fall, you know. Minimally processed foods, lots of fruits and vegetables, leaner meats, blah, blah, blah. But it uh, tells you what you should avoid, what you should go after. The, the, the void would kill me. The one thing that bugs me, no caffeine. Oh, yeah, that would kill me. Morning coffee? I learned the hard way. I have to have it. I've never, I don't get headaches. I had the worst headache last week when I did not have coffee one day. Um, I, I'm, I never drank coffee until my son was born. I actually avoided it for, for I guess, 33 years. You didn't know what you were missing. Apparently. But uh, that said, I definitely, soft drinks, the chocolate, the tea, all the caffeinated stuff, yeah, I got to have that. Dairy, yeah, I love my cheese. Like, the dairy part, yeah, that's that's tough. Avoid soybeans. I, I can do that. I can do that, Tom Brady. Don't worry. I can I can avoid soybeans. But I like to give you a sample menu when you look this up. And, and could you do this? So there's three days that they give you. And, and I think we should try this. Day one, breakfast. Chia pudding topped with almonds and coconut flakes. Don't even know what that is, but okay. For lunch, hearty vegetable chicken soup with kale and brown rice vermicelli. See, I don't mind any of that. Dinner, wild salmon tacos on GMO-free corn tortilla wraps served with a side green salad. I'm not a big fish guy, but I would do it for one day. Same. Day two, breakfast, homemade granola stirred into coconut yogurt. All right. That's a pretty standard breakfast, I think. Lunch, raw lasagna. What is raw lasagna? Well, it's basically lasagna without noodles. Okay, it's I can... Just, I, I it's just essentially cold lasagna without the noodles. Okay. You can't have pasta in this. But thing. obviously you cook the beef first. Okay, I can yep. probably do that, yeah. For dinner, you'd have lentil dal topped with fresh spinach on and served on a bed of brown rice. Day three, breakfast would be a smoothie with TB12, whey pr- protein, and fruit. Oh, you got to brand it, of course. Yeah. Of course. Uh, lunch, a vegetable quinoa bowl topped with cashew sauce, lime curry, and black beans. That sounds good, actually. That actually, that's almost not bad. Oh, here we go. Day three supper. That's, that's Dinner. To, to top it off, steak, broccoli, and sweet potatoes. Yep. Give that, it to me. Yep. I can do this. I can do this three-day menu. You can have. You're encouraged to drink a lot of water between your meals. You can include some snacks if you wish, but you can't have anything to eat three hours before you go to bed. So just a little heads up. That'd be actually kind of. Well, I don't do it often. It depends on but, what time you go to sleep. Yeah. Well, I, I also don't go to sleep until like midnight half the time. Yeah, anyway. just snack during the day instead. I guess. I think we should try it. I don't know what half this stuff is, but I, I don't know how I to make a. Do ch- I, I don't know how to make a chia pudding. And the ch- vegetable chi- plant-based milk with chia seeds. It's basically like a so a, co- a, co- a coconut milk pudding with uh, made of chia seeds. All right. Well, that sounds doable. I'll make you one to take home. 
We'll, uh, we'll, we'll try that out. We'll try out the Tom Brady diet. We should document this on the website, filthlesspodcast.com. Seri- I'm serious. Let's do this. This sounds fun. <laughs> just, it's just for three days. Three days. I, I, I could do it. Like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Maybe. Yeah. Well, you can't have booze, so I guess I uh, probably shouldn't do it. Next bye week. <laughs> yeah. It's bye week next week, so we've got lots of time. I think that's a good idea. Anyway, I thought that was kind of funny. We should try that. Alcohol, all types of alcoholic drinks should be avoided. Oh, Tom. So, no podcast for us. No. During then. Well, we won't talk more about the NFL or anything anymore, but uh, 1989, 30 years ago, they're celebrating the team at 80s night this week. And uh, uh, Riders against Montreal. This is the Tall Grass Apparel Enemy Preview. Riders or Silhouettes, before we talk about uh, uh, the celebration in 89, the game itself. Alouettes are looking good. Is this going to be a tough game? Because now, the last time we played them, we all know, come on, Lightning. Maybe we can get a lead and get some Lightning. Uh, Making prediction right now. We're going overtime, so we get that extra quarter in. <laughs> There. Then they're even. Then we don't have to hear about the asterisk anymore. Exactly. Montreal's got their starting quarterback back. And their starting running back back. Starting running back back. Standing back back. There's a lot of backs in this game. I want a Vince McMahon sign for this weekend. Stand back. Only the real hardcores will get that reference. Not a trap game, but is this a this is a pretty tough game, isn't it? It's gonna be an uphill battle. This is no longer the free space on the Bingo Square. They are not the Ottawa Red Blacks. Uh, so yeah, the Riders better have everything together because if they play like they played in Winnipeg, it's gonna be ugly. I want to see this offense even attempt this week to run the ball. Even going back to the Labor Day game, they didn't attempt to run the ball until the very end of the game, and that's when it worked for Powell, and we got that you know 80-yard drive to set up the game-winning field goal. And that's what I don't get about this team. They are set up to be a option team. They are set up to play off the uh, off the uh, uh, read, and yet they don't run the ball. So it's fairly obvious what's going to happen every time they snap the ball. Like they're so one-dimensional, di- and they went out to get William Powell, and they have a running quarterback that can play the read option. So why aren't they doing it? It makes no sense. And do you think uh, last was it last week? I was thinking about writing a piece defending McAdoo and how his play calling's been this year. Well, yeah, it's a good thing you didn't. Put <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing I didn't put it in. Yeah, maybe this will be the turnaround week. I don't know, but um, I want to see this offense score some points because that's what's been missing the last couple weeks. I know. Two tough games against Winnipeg. They're the best team in the league for a reason. Best defense by far right now in the CFL. But, sorry. They aren't the best team in the league. That's Hamilton. It's all the Hamilton fans that are listening that are strictly looking at records. They're the best team in the league. Thanks to playing all those East teams an extra time. Um, I want to see touchdowns. I want to see this team score points. And I think it... Talk about the run game, it's got to come from there, but I think Cody Fajardo has to be better. He's had his ups, and now he's hitting his downs. The first game against Winnipeg, yeah, he put up 200 yards in the first half, but didn't do anything in the second half until the final drive. Last week in the Badger Bowl, did nothing. So that's he can't go more than that now. He, he's got to turn around, and we got to see some growth out of him. So we're seeing some adversity. If he's going to be that franchise quarterback, which we talked about earlier in the show... This is kind of a defining game for him. He needs to have, a, not necessarily a win, but he needs to have a much better showing. 
and, and against a lesser opponent. Agreed. And as we said earlier in the uh, in his tenure, is like if we're going to go with Cody Fajardo, and this is when Claris was still technically on the roster before before he got shipped out. I still can't believe. Jared I I, 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 I try do we even have pops like like children or grandchildren in a, like a cavern somewhere? Oh, and, maybe I don't, I don't know. know. Like that seemed like a kidnapping thing. And with a young quarterback, with a guy who has very little starter experience, you are going to have those ups and downs. And so you kind of you you got to ride him out, or you got to yank him right away. So they they appear to ride him out because behind him we've got a what a twenty three year old straight rookie. So who lives like a block and a half away from me? Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's kind of cool. There I can't. Well, I'm assuming so. I can't imagine anyone else would have a rider parking pass and a sticker that says Colorado School of Mines. <laughs> that would be a weird coincidence. It's a very weird coincidence. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, and, oh, School and, of Mines, not School of Mimes. School of Mimes would be so much cooler. Would it? I don't know. You, You'd be stuck in a glass box. Handle a School of Mimes. Really that quiet. would not be fun. I think I'd just be more annoyed. Be like, say something already. No. Oh, look, he's eating an apple. <laughs> he's pulling that imaginary rope nope. again. On the flip side for Montreal, we talked about getting the quarterback back, getting the running back back. I think the big X factor here is Vernon Adams in this game. And with when you look at what the Riders struggled with the past couple weeks... Chris Strebler running the ball up the middle himself. We knew last week's game was over. The second or the third play into yeah. the game where it was second and 17 and he ran for 20 yards right up the middle. Everybody knew he was going like, to, they're not going to let him throw from there. No. Take the safety, get your field position back or punt it from the end zone, whatever Winnipeg's plan was. They ended up getting 20 yards on a quarterback draw because there's nobody in the middle. Solomon Elamimian, Lord knows where he was. He was in coverage, I think, on Johnny Augustine. It, yeah, I it was a bad setup on that one. But thing is about Strebler and Adams, they're both runners, but they're both different types of runners. Adams can actually throw on the run. Strebler, the minute he tucks it, he's gone, but he's also a bull. Adams doesn't look to run first. No. And I think Strebler, the, the way that Paul Appelis has that offense set up, it's for Strebler to kind of have a run first. If that first read isn't there, he's taken off. Yeah. And even then, he's still trying to force that first throw. He's not a good thrower. No. And I'll give Steve credit when he's not here. I'll, I'll give Steve credit. He doesn't listen anyway, so yeah. we're fine. But he's right. He's he's a running back. He's well, he's essentially a fullback with how big he is. Mm-hmm. Um, dude's strong, tough as nails. Don't get me wrong. If he's breaking off all those tackles like he did last week. I mean, that was pretty impressive. Oh as no, much he as I didn't like the the big thirty yard run, whatever he had, where he got twenty yards after contact and broke four tackles. That was one hell of a run. Oh yeah, I know he he can sh- he can shake off tacklers like he's he's a hell of a friggin' running back. But I we have nothing to worry about anyways. The league's trying to screw the Alouettes, so we're fine. According to John Bowman, yeah, did you see that? Oh, John, John Bowman. Bowman. Oh, I, I like the guy. He's nice. I, I like you so much, but why you say so stupid? Like, come on. The league is trying to screw they, the team that they, the league they owns. Like, come on. They've never gotten... A, he said in his 14 years with the Alouettes, they have never gotten a lucky break. Never. Um, hello? Don't, don't get me... 2009? Don't, don't get me wrong. You got a pretty damn lucky break there, bud. Uh, don't get me wrong. In the last 
four or five years. It's probably felt like 14 years, so he's probably a little confused. Yeah, well, having Kavis Reed in charge, they've kind of earned everything that they got coming to them in the last couple years. But, yeah, it's just, come on. (laughs) I... Don't don't be one of them. Like you're starting to sound like some fan bases. Don't be one of them. <laughs> hey, can I just randomly? Ooh, look, blue car moment here. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I retweeted it. Yeah, I retweeted have, it. The, the Packers have five out of their six next of their next six games at home. He says, "I just hope they don't do the wave while we're on offense." Yeah, I saw that. Retweeted Aaron, it. be like Aaron. Yeah. Be a, like the Packers fans. A A A A Ron. A A Ron. A A Ron. So that's my little blue card. Oh look, squirrel moment. Yeah, no. Of the night. This is gonna be a tough game. It's gonna every time they bring in alumni and stuff like this, like they're doing this week for the eighty nine team, the they, team always seems they, to fall get embarrassed. Flat. I get don't embar- know what it is. Is it the pressure? I don't know. I, I'm trying. Was it the sixty six or eighty nine? I think it was the sixty six team. Where they got absolutely mollywopped by Calgary, and Kenton Keith was like celebrating a touch, a meaningless touchdown in the third quarter. I'm pretty sure it's that would have been in 06, probably. Yeah, it was 06. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, yeah. The these alum, like these games where they bring in the Grey Cup teams, never go well for the Riders. Never. 89 Grey Cup team. That's who they're celebrating. I'm sure they'll have other guys from the 80s there as well too that weren't on that specific team. But who are you looking forward to seeing the most? This week. Because I'm assuming that they're going to do just like a halftime thing for them. And you might see them throughout the game briefly, but probably a halftime thing. Who's the one player that you're like, yeah, I want to make sure that I'm standing there and I'm watching for him and he gets a standing ovation. I've said this before. Don Narcisse is what made me a football fan. So I would love to see Narco. Well, it'd be great if he could make it up here. I'm not sure if he, he is or not. Well, with his health, I can understand that. So One guy that I know that is coming, that friend of the show, that... I just love now Ray Elgard. <laughs> oh, Elgard, yeah, for him. The one that I'm actually looking forward to the most that I that I heard is actually coming in. And he's getting in on Friday evening, driving in from Calgary where his son is. He, this man's from Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah, you look confused. John Gregory, the head coach of the '89 team. I was thinking of players, really. Coach Gregory's coach coming Gregory. to this, which is really cool because nice. I don't I don't recall him being at the the 25 year one. I don't, I don't remember that one. No, I don't think he was either. And that that's gonna be pretty cool. Uh, I think he's he's got to be. I think he's 80 years old now. He would but, be. He'd uh, be up there. He he's the one that I'm looking forward to being. I mean, we've we've seen so many of these '89 guys. We've talked to so many of them on the show, mm-hmm. and as nice it is as it is to talk to them and honor them, we've never got a chance to actually have John Gregory come up and and give him proper proper dues in the yeah. last few years, anyway. Yeah, exactly. And I'm looking forward to that one the most. I'm actually surprised the writers have not announced who's coming. You think that would be a good ticket push? It's just going to be a fun night seeing all those guys come back and get together in, I mean, 30 years. Some of these guys haven't actually seen each other in 30 years, so that'll be pretty cool. And I think for the younger Ryder fans, this was, it was a big gap between 66 to 89, mm-hmm. and a big gap from 89 to 2007. That was like the one we were hanging our hat on for so long. Best great Cup game ever. And luckily we were kind of spoiled-ish with... 07 and the game that's forgotten in 10 and 13 and like the writers have had some really good years but yeah that 89 gray cup that was 
That was a special year. That was a special year, and it was a special one for a long time. And how many of the all-time Ryder greats are on that team, too? You look oh. at the you look at the 07 team, you look at the 13 team, yeah, there's some all-time Ryder greats on there, but nothing like you saw on the on the 89 Yeah, 89 is legend. 66 is always going to be guys like um, Ronnie, Ronnie George, and George, and Al Ford, you know, Ford and Campbell, Campbell. Campbell, and all that. and then, But yeah, 89, like, you could probably rattle off 10 off your head, no problem. Yeah. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. I uh, just hope that the uh, the team is ready and they actually show up to this game because they didn't last yeah. week. Yeah, don't, don't let us down on this one, guys. One of the X factors of the, uh, the, the game coming up here, and we didn't mention this actually uh, already, but Chad Jeter, back, recently cut by the Montreal Alouettes. Signs right with the Riders, right in time for them to uh, play the Alouettes. And I, I love the CF, CFL transaction list and when stuff stuff is announced. He was released on the transaction list two days before they actually announced his release. And by then he was already in Regina to be signed. It was hilarious. Did your sources say he was coming to Regina? Uh, my source was his Twitter feed that says, I forgot how cold it was here. So it was fairly obvious he was in Regina. But you went to social media and you put my sources say, right? Just by looking at that tweet, you kind of—I I, I probably should have, yeah. but but technically, yeah. technically, it's yeah, it's just yeah. There's a dig there. Yeah, so it's, want, it's, want to fight about it? I'm gonna have to hear about it. <laughs> good, good signing. A surprise cut. It's gonna uh, upgrade the special teams. That's what I'm looking for. Oh, most. yeah, it's a rotational guy on the D line, which is gonna be good. Help us out with uh, AC Leonard and Charleston Hughes on the edge, but it's. He's going to make his mark on special teams, and we've been missing a guy like him on our coverage team. Oh, have we ever? So yeah, I know. Like I said, he he was a surprise cut for me in the uh, after our camp. I thought for sure he was. We were all on the Jeter train. We thought he was going to go up this go off this year. I thought so too, but apparently he wasn't good enough for Montreal, which has me a little worried. But I'm glad he's back. Yep. So that was good seeing him back and. uh, Whatever number he's going to take since his 91 is taken. Slightly taken, yes. All right. We got our pick to get to this week. Only three games again this week. I hate when there's only three games. Okay, can, can, mini rant here. Mini uh, Churchill Brewing uh, rant before. What the hell is the CFL thinking? Like, I understand last week um, with Labor Day weekend and whatever, but... Oh, sorry, the week before Labor Day weekend. Only having the three games. Only three games. But, but then they jam a triple header... On Saturday last week, why wouldn't they at least do two and two on Labor Day weekend? Like this schedule makes no sense. And then you do three games this week. Like they didn't have to jam four games in the last weekend. No, the schedule makers kind of like that was a terrible move. Drop the ball on this one. But yes, that's that, that was my rant on that. Uh, we got a humdinger to open up the the week Friday night. Ottawa at BC. Woo! BC's got to win this one. Ottawa going out to BC. That's a three-hour time zone difference. And yeah, no, that's P- like an 11 p.m. start for them. Congratulations, congratulations, BC. You're gonna be two and ten. Yep, they're gonna get their second win. I agree. I got BC too. Hamilton at Calgary should be a pretty good game. That's, hopefully, that's probably gonna be a game of the week. I gotta go with the home team on that one. I'd love to see Hamilton do us a favor. I can't see it happening. Bo's back and. I, I honestly, good, those uh, two games and par, pardon the pun, I think it's going to be a horse race for Calgary to get in first place. I don't know if Hamilton can stop Reggie Bagleton. I don't think he, anybody in the CFL play, can stop him right now. He's playing out of his mind Is right now. Is he the now. best receiver in the league right now? Right now, by far, yes. I don't Brandon know. Banks or Ricky Collins. 
I like Ricky Collins, but Bagleton's at a different level right now. Yeah, he's going out of his mind right now. So, yeah, I got Calgary too. And finally, the uh, the game we were talking about, Montreal and Saskatchewan. I hate the fact that I have to think about this. You're having doubts. I am. I really Because, once again, they're trotting out a Grey Cup winning team, <laughs> which means the team is going to suck. So... I want to say they're going to buck the trend. They're going to throw a little sprinkle on it. It's going to be Saskatchewan. I think they have to win. They can't go into a bye week losing two straight and then, uh, you know, be sitting in third place there. They need a little bit of help to get back into the, the discussion for first place, but that's, it's a must. It's not quite a must win, but it's a, it's a, they, they got to win this one just to get that momentum going back into a bye and then going into a bye. It's a home game against the East. They gotta win it. And considering what the last bit of the schedule looks like, with how many, with Winnipeg, Calgary, and Edmonton twice, yeah, they kind of need to win this game. Well, it's gonna be a great game this upcoming Saturday. We'll see you guys there. We gotta go here. That's gonna do it this week for us here on the Piffles Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter at Piffles Pod. You can follow me at Real Alex D. Follow me at Greg on Sports. We're also on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Piffles Podcast. Instagram, search Piffles Pod, and the website, pifflespodcast.com. Piffles Podcast is brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Special thanks as well to Kathy Feshton of Royal Page Regina Realty, Tallgrass Apparel, Churchill Brewing Company, and Underdogs Memorabilia for their support to make this show. And of course, last week's Piffles uh, Badger Bowl bus possible. That was a great time. So thanks everybody for coming out on that as well. Piffles Podcast is a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Lots of great shows there spanning across the CFL. And, of course, we're a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. We got to go. Time for Tyler Gilbert, Ghost Behind Your Mind. The Ghost Behind Your Mind.